the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for your presence today. What would it be like to turn away from the only true and living God, the one who gave his only begotten son, the one who knew he would be born in, the one who allows us to live, move, and have our being even before we submit our lives to him, then turn away from him, abandon our faith, and disown him. We should shudder at the very thought of such an atrocity. Listen closely with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander warns us against the dangers of looking back. And we started off last time, just a bit of a review, not much, and we're going right on. What is apostasy? Apostasy is a falling away, we said last week. Uh, apostasy is desertion from the faith and a disowning of the name of Christ, a person once professed. It is a disowning of, of Christ. It is a falling away, a desertion. And we gave scriptures on that. Luke 9.62 says, But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Hebrews 3.12 3, says, uh, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief, in departing from the living God. It is a departing from God, a leaving God, not wanting anything else to do with God after professing to know God. Uh, Philippians three eighteen and 19 says, For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. And if false teachers are left unchecked, apostasy will be rampant within the church, which results in saints are falling astray. In this particular passage in Jude, it, three examples are given of apostasy, which led to judgment from God because of rebellion and unbelief. Look at verse 9, if you will. Verse 9 says, Yet Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you. Verse 9 is the angelic conflict, the angelic conflict. There is an, a continuous conflict between the angels of God and the angels of Satan, the angels of light and the angels of darkness. And in this particular verse, Michael the archangel who serves at the highest level along with Gabriel in the angelic rank, Michael and Satan engages in an intense battle over the body of Moses because Satan knew that if he could get the body of Moses in his possession, he would move Israel to make a shrine out of the body of Moses and cause them to fall into the sin of idolatry. 
According to Deuteronomy chapter 34, verses 5 and 6, it says, uh, the Lord, it says, the Lord buried him, and no one knows where his grave is located to this day. It says in scripture, so Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor, but no one knows his grave to this day. Uh, something God just have to do himself. Michael had such respect for the devil's power that he speaks in the Lord's name saying, and look, at, look at those words there. The Lord rebukes you, devil. <laughs> because Michael knew the power of using and depending on the Lord's name in conflict, that would ensure victory in the fight. Michael, a great warrior of an angel. Michael, who knows how to fight. Michael, a powerful celestial being, standing in the presence of God, waiting God's beckoning command. It is this Michael, with all that power, have such respect for that Lucifer, that devil, until he does not rebuke the devil in his name or in his strength. He rebukes the devil in the Lord's name, and he says, devil, the Lord rebuke you. Let me tell you something, it's not by might, not by power, but it's by his strength. As a matter of fact, Ephesians 6.10 says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of what? His might put on the whole armor of, of God. And let me tell you, something, if you're going to do a successful spiritual warfare, if you're going to win the battle against Satan, you got to go not in your name, not in your strength, not in your intelligence, not in your human wisdom. You have to go in the name of the Lord. It, it is no I rebuke you. It is the Lord rebuke you. No power in your name, but there is power in the Lord's name. In, in the name of Jesus, we wake up. In the name of Jesus, we live. In the name of Jesus, we die. In the name of Jesus, we do mighty exploits in the kingdom because of that name. There's no name like him. In the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And therefore, in that name, Michael says, the Lord rebukes you. Verse 10. Look at verse 10. It says, but these speak evil of whatever they do not know. And whatever they know naturally like brute beast in these things, they corrupt themselves. Verse 10 is the corruption of the apostates. Jude calls these apostate teachers brute beasts who do not have a general relationship with Jesus Christ. Nor do they have the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit living within to illuminate their minds to God's divine revelation. These apostates speaks what they speak what they do not know, twisting and corrupting the word of God. A reference in scripture to this verse is also found in 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 12. It says there, but these like natural you see the word again, brute beasts to be caught and destroyed. That's what you do with beasts. You know, you're going you're gonna to eat beasts, you got to catch them and you got to kill them before you eat them. But these like Natural brute beasts, these apostate, made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of the things they do not understand and will utterly perish in their own corruption. They send themselves to death. They blaspheme God by speaking evil and defiantly against God and his word. And thus condemnation will come upon them. Verse 11, verse 11 says... 
Woe to them! For they have gone in the way of Cain, have run greedily in the era of Balaam for profit, and perish in the rebellion of Korah. This is warning to apostates. Jude, Jude begins verse 11 by giving uh, these apostates a stern scolding of their coming imminent judgment by saying, Woe to them! The judgment that came upon Cain, Balaam, and Korah would soon come upon these apostate teachers. Let's look briefly at these three personalities who fell into judgment because of their rebellion. First in that verse, in verse 11, you see the first personality is Cain. The, look at the phrase there. It says, the way of Cain. Are y'all hanging with me? This is an expression of pride and rebellion. Cain was religious without a relationship with God. Cain's offering was was unacceptable because of his motives or attitudes and, and therefore rejected by God because it was not offered in the way God prescribed. And today, those who reject God's offer of forgiveness through Jesus Christ have also gone the way of Cain. If you try to get, to get into the kingdom through any other way other than Jesus Christ, you have gone the way of Cain. If you are religious without a relationship, my friend, with Jesus Christ, you too have gone the way of Cain. Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 through 5 says, In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. Verse Four, and Abel also brought of the first fruit of the flock and their fat portions. And the Lord had regard, accepted, uh, accepted the offering of Abel and his offering. But verse 5, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. In other words, he didn't accept it. So Cain was very angry and his countenance, his face fell. Let me tell you something about this verse in Genesis. Every, everything we attempt to offer God will be rejected until we surrender in total obedience to Jesus Christ, honoring him with the first and the best. We honor him with the what? The first and the what? You, don't, you do not honor God until you honor him with the what? First and the, let's say it again. First and the best. As a matter of fact, Matthew 6, says, seek ye what? First, the kingdom of God. Not seek ye self. Seek ye pleasure. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Unless we offer our Lord uh, the first and the best with the right motive and attitude, only then what we do for God will be accepted. You can, uh, listen, you can, you can give to God first, but if the attitude's not right, it negates the offering. So it is really, really important that whatever we do for Christ, we must first surrender ourselves and then give him the first and the best with the right motive and the right attitude. Then it lasts throughout the eternal ages. And uh, let me tell you something. And so, 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 so God has a way that, that he is to be worshiped. We're not to bring things before him any kind of way. Just like Cain's offering was, it was rejected, many offerings of our time, our talents, and our treasures go unrejected simply because of the motive or the attitude that is despicable in the sight of God. So we see the era of Cain, the way of Cain, that verse is pregnant with truth. Uh, then it says, the era of Balaam. Say Balaam. Balaam. Now, terrified of Israel's military achieve, achievements, 
Bala, king of Moab, hired Balaam, a prophet, to pronounce a curse upon Israel with the intent to lure her into idolatry, which will result in judgment from God. In other words, uh, Balak, king Balak of Moab, he saw how Israel was trouncing the enemies all around her. I mean, Israel was just trouncing folk, defeating folk. And, and Balak, king of Moab, knew that uh, his people was next. And so he said, you know what? I can't beat Israel straight up. So I'm going to use some demonic strategy here. And so he went around about a way to, def- to try to attempt to defeat uh, Balak, king of uh, Moab. And so he hires a prophet to curse Israel so that he can defeat them. And today, many who claim to be Christians are deceived and lured away by Satan and false teachers through deception and covetousness. Let me give you the count of that. It's found in in, uh, Numbers 22, 5, and 6. Numbers chapter 22, 5, and 6, it says, Then he, uh, Balak, sent messengers to Balaam, the son of Beor, at Pithor, which is near the river in the land of the sons of his people, to call him, saying, Look, a people has come from Egypt. See, they cover the face of the earth. And are settling next to me. Therefore, please come at once. Curse Israel, this people for me. For they are too mighty for me. In other words, they're going to beat me up. They're going to wipe me out. Perhaps I shall be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land. For I know that he whom you blessed is blessed. And he whom you cursed is cursed. A prophet for hire. However, God intervened and foiled the scheme devised against Israel by turning the curses of Balaam into blessings upon Israel. For it says in the book of Numbers chapter 23, verses 11 and 12, Then Balak said to Balaam, What have you done, man, to me? I'm kind of paraphrasing a little bit. I took you to curse Israel, my enemies. And look, you have blessed them Bountifully. Verse 12. So Balaam answered and said, Must I not take heed to speak what the Lord has put in my mouth? And if if Balaam had not done what God had told him to do, God would have struck him dead. If you read that account, the angel of the Lord was waiting to wipe even Balaam out for what he was attempting to do. And because of his covetous heart and money, even though a prophet. Wow. Let me tell you something. Now, Now, here Israel down in their camps. Can't you see them all organized and systematized according to rank and file and according to tribe? Can't you see Israel basking in the glory of God down there just taking care of their business, enjoying and worshiping God, but up in the high places, uh, 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 strategies against the people of God were attempted to come against him, and God had Israel's back, even though Israel did not know that they were trying to be cursed. Let me tell you something about when we have favor from God. When we have favor from God, A, no weapon formed against us will prosper. That's what Israel had favor. They had favor. And, and, And listen, the attempt was to curse Israel. And to strategize against her so that she could be defeated and whipped and not progress on the mission of God. 
but, but, but God having Israel's back <laughs> calls the curses to be foiled against the people whom he love the apple of his own eye. When we have favor from God, B, God protects us from seen and unseen dangers. Let me tell you something. That means when, we go, when God's watching over you because you live in right and you believe in God right and you live in holy, listen, you, you get God's backing and he takes care of you through seen and unseen danger. If God were to show you what could have happened to you that did not happen because he had your back, we all go into absolute shock right now. You know, we know the things uh, sight-wise that, 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 that we've been protected from, but, but that we've been protected from, but what about those things we have no inkling of an idea of? And God's been running interfere. We whistling and just moving all around and Satan is shooting them darts and trying to wipe us out, trying to kill us, and God is running interference and falling his plan because you got favor from God. You got to walk with God to have favor. God don't bless mess. <laughs> God doesn't bless mess. You got to have favor from God. Or Satan will wipe you out. You got to be living right. You can't have all those secret sins. And you can't be delving in pornography and adultery and premarital sex and hope-mongering and cussing and lying and stealing and all that stuff and think God's going to have your back. No, 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 no. Those weapons formed against you will prosper. <laughs> They will prosper. May God protects a holy people. And then we, when we have favor from God, see what was meant for our harm works out for our good. In other words, God turned uh, the enemy's curses into blessings. Let me tell you something. Have you ever had folk to try to wipe you out? Folk maybe tried to get rid of your job or things happen beyond your control and you didn't understand and you're throwing yourself a pity party and God has said, if you just straighten up and trust me, I'm going to show you something. And when they thought they were hurting you, they ended up blessing you. And when all was said and done, you just said, look at God and you got a shame of yourself for how you acted because of your inability to have faith in God. Ooh, that's big, y'all. But you got to have favor from God. Yeah, you can't be getting even on folk. No, 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 no. And think you're going to have favor. That's right. You can't be talking negative and gossiping and think you're going to have favor from God. Huh? Huh? You got to live in accord to his will. And then you obligate God. God is bound to just hold you and sustain you and keep you. Let me tell you something. False teachers are likened to Balaam in that they peddle uh, market or exploit their ministry just for the purpose of making money. False teachers focus more on how they can pad their pockets uh, instead of soul winning and discipleship for the cause of Christ. They have a heart and love more for money than for people. And we can see that so prevalent in our society today. Hirelings, people in the pulpit, uh, people uh, uh, in the ministry, not in, not in it for what they can, can give, but for what they can get. And we, ex we elaborated extensively, and I'll not do that to th this time, but I will give you those scriptures. Listen, when you are in this business, you, you, when you are in the church and in the ministry, and when you come to worship God, it is not about your business. Huh? Th th this is not a place where you make business connections. 
No, 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 no. You know, you don't see me trying to, to get over on you uh, to, 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 have, to be in some kind of pyramid or some kind of thing where you make a little money and I make a little money and we all do just fine. You don't get mad at me, you're going to be mad at me because I just told you the truth. Won't you say amen? I, I'm just in it because I love you. Because I love you. Michael chapter 3 verse 11 says, its heads give judgment for a bribe. Its priests teach for a price. Its prophets practice demonation for money. Yet they lean on the Lord and say, is not the Lord in the midst of us? No disaster shall come upon us. Ha! They are deceived. 1 Timothy 16 says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. 1 Peter 5, 2 says, Shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, pastors and elders, serving as overseers, not by compulsion. In other words, I'm not to strangle you, and I'm not to pressure you and to browbeat you, and I'm not to be a dictator over you, but willingly love on you, serving you, leading you in righteousness, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. Second Peter, I didn't give you this scripture, but just jot it down. Uh, Second Peter last week, Second Peter 2.15 uh, ties in with the scripture of Balaam also. It says in Second Peter 2.15, uh, they have forsaken the right way and have gone, look, right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who love the wages of unrighteousness. Who love the wages of unrighteousness. Then you have another character. So we talked about the character. We talked about Cain. We talked about Balaam. And now we must talk about Korah. Say Korah. The rebellion of Korah. This, this verse has all these personalities therein for our learning and edification. Look, the rebellion of Korah is in this verse. Korah and his followers usurped the authority of Moses and were judged because they rebelled against Moses, who was ordained and appointed by God to be leader and mediator to speak for God amidst his people. Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, along with 250 followers who allied with Korah, died a violent death because of the sin of their sin and rebellion. And this will also be the fate of apostates who undermine the, the authority that God has placed in his church today. Look at the scripture that gives the account of Korah, found in uh, Numbers 16, 3. And verses 32 to 35, it says, they gathered together against Moses and Aaron and said to them, you take too much upon yourselves, hmm. for all the congregation is holy. Now stop right there. In, in other words, they say the tribe of Levi is not the only the holy tribe. All these tribes from God, they're all holy. You know, in other words, God speaks to us too. Every one of them and the Lord is among them. Why then? Look, I think getting on Moses and Aaron. Why then do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with their household and all the men with Korah, with all their goods. So they and all those with them went down, what? Not dead. They went down, what? Alive into the pit. The earth closed over them. And they perished from among the assembly. Then all Israel who were around them fled at their cry. For they said, lest the earth swallow us up also. They got scared and started running. 
And fire came from the Lord and consumed the 250 men who were offering incense. We see not only those rebellious folk die, but their wives and their families and their whole household went down in the pit. Sin affects the whole family. That's right. You, parents, you may live right. Your children mess up. Do you realize their issues fall in your lap too? Yes, they do too. They fall, affect you emotionally, physically, and many times financially trying to help because they have children and grandchildren and so forth. That's why we all have to live holy because uh, my sin affects my wife and my children and grandchildren and theirs affect me because we are interconnected. And your sins affect the body of Christ because we are the Maranatha Church family. That's why we want to deal with the issue of sin. And we don't want you running wild in here. Wait a minute. What all, you said all right now. Why don't you say amen? We don't want you wild in here. Hanking, pankering in here. Sneaking and peeking and doing stuff y'all not doing in here. When you come in here, you mean business for God. Beloved, the same God who judged rebellion in the camp of Israel will judge rebellion of those who seek to undermine and usurp the leadership in the church today. And you have people in the church who give church leadership a a hard time. And they think they're right when they're all out of order. What can we do to protect the church from false teachers and false doctrine? Now, all that I did just then was all review. I preached that, right, all over. But let me now, let's go to the new insights so that we can see what God is up to. What can we do to protect the church from false teachers and false doctrines? Number one, know the word and be courageous in fighting to defend it. You got to know the word. You've got to know the word. You can't have to know the word. You have to know the word. And order to know the word, you've got to read the word. You have to labor in the word. You have to meditate in the word. You've got to know the word. You can't, have, you can't be shallow in the word. You, you've got to have a depth of the word in you. You have to be rich in the word. And then you've got to be willing to fight for what you know is blessing your life. The word has given you light and life. And therefore, it's worth fighting and contending for. Number two, seek the mind of Christ and exercise spiritual discernment when it comes to appointing teachers and leadership within the church. When it comes to spiritual appointments in the church, I'm very particular and, uh, and rightfully so. I must be discerning. I must be watchful and vigilant because teachers teaching the wrong thing in the body of Christ can mess up the church family and leave lead unsuspecting saints astray. So I need to be critical and I, in, in, in judgment and thinking and prayerful so that uh, I won't do a good thing the wrong way. Number three, uh, what can we do to protect the church from false teachers? Remove teachers who refuse to live what they teach. That's right. Remove them. I don't care how popular they are, who their name is. Remove folk who are no longer living what they teach. Because that's confusion, that's misleading, and uh, it, it creates all kind of issues within the body of Christ, and it gives Satan a tremendous opportunity to wreak havoc in the Lord's church. Number four, we must separate ourselves from those who deny the essential doctrines. The word doctrine means what? Teachings. We must separate ourselves from those who deny the essential doctrines of the Christian faith. And, and so we, we need to separate ourselves from those kinds of, of, of people. We must study, meditate, and obey the Word of God daily, lest we fall. 
The tendency to stray away from God doesn't stop us here on earth. The Bible tells us that God's judgment also fell upon fallen angels. In other words, no one is exempt. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located directly at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.